to be here. And what's this? Oh, okay. It's great to be here again and uh, to see you all. And it's amazing that scripture that was read because it's the scripture I'm going to use today, actually. So uh, there's something going on here. Um, what was good this morning, I'm going to play a little song in a minute, but what was good this morning was when I was listening to Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Don't know about you guys, but I was brought up on that song. You know, Jim Reeves and all those things. But I was brought up on that, and I think the Gators wrote that song. And I remember when I used to sing it at church, and I used to sing it with a bit of anxiety in my heart. You know, because it's really, it was really like, oh, please, God, I really want to see you. You know, I really want, I really want, I really want. So there's a lot of anxiety in my heart when I used to sing that song. So when I was singing it today, I thought, wow, isn't it amazing that actually when I was singing that song when I was 11 years old or so, that I don't have that same anxiety as I did then because I actually know because he lives I can face tomorrow. I actually know without a shred of a doubt, without anyone telling me anything, I actually know that you know I don't need to have that anxiety in my heart. I know he lives, and I know because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And not only can I face tomorrow, I can face tomorrow without anxiety. That's the great thing that it, that's, that's so wonderful about singing that song. I don't need to worry. That anxiety I don't need to have anymore. I can actually put it on Jesus. So that was so wonderful. So uh, it was great hearing that song. Another thing that happened today, as I was, we, as we did communion today, God brought something back to me about communion. Now, I've always taken communion, but I've never quite got it. You know, I know that we're supposed to do it, but just something in it that I just didn't quite get. But today, I got, a, a few weeks ago, I sort of got it because what communion is is about covenant. Okay. What blood is, when you mix my blood and someone else's blood together, you're making a covenant. You're actually making a covenant. They do it in witchcraft and things like that, but we're not talking about that today. But actually, it's a covenant thing. When, and basically, what you're doing when you're drinking blood or drinking someone's blood, you're actually taking on their character. You're taking on their um, uh, personality, etc. You're taking on them. And that's what we do when we have communion. We take on Jesus. We take on his character. We take on his personality. We take on all of him. So anything that he can do, it's like we take on him. And that's such a revelation that we can take on Jesus. So every time you do it, you can do it with joy that we're taking on Jesus. And that's the amazing thing about communion. So... In saying that, I'm going to just start by singing a song. You can't say praise the Lord. I don't know. I think I'm in a dead church today. <laughs> but you can say praise the Lord. He's an amazing God. So, just want to sing this song. I wrote this song a few years ago when I went to, uh, where did I go? Kenya. Kenya, yes, your country. It was actually on the plane going from Kenya to Cameroon. But uh, I just got this sort of revelation about this.
session today and I think I will but if you don't mind let's just go with the flow and see what God wants today because I think he wants to do something so I wrote that song and I wrote that song a while ago because it says you know leave the shores of doubt and fear and launch out in the deep so faith is about leaving sometimes our comfort zone and launching out in the deep Walk on water. He says you must believe for the things you can't see. Wake up from our sleep and walk on water. Let's dive in the ocean of his selfless compassion and be free. And I want to just pray that over hope today. That Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this blessed light that's set on the hill in this community, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are um, stirring, you are stirring, you are stirring, Lord God, this church. You're stirring this church to walk on water, Lord God. I thank you for what you've put in them, Lord. I thank you for their DNA. And we speak to the DNA.
DNA of this church, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, that it will be a light in this community. I thank you, Lord God, that the doors will be open to this community. And men and women, boys and girls, Lord God, the bound and the broken, the poor and the rich, Lord God, will come into these doors. I thank you, Lord God, for what you've set here, what you started here, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for those who serve here. And I thank you, Lord God, that their hands will not grow weary in well-doing, Lord God, because in due time, if they faint not, they will reap, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will raise a hallelujah from this place, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that men and women will come in and Hold the hands of your servant, Lord God. And when, as when um, Moses' hands got tired, Lord God, you brought men and women to hold the hands up of the leaders, Lord. So I thank you, Father, that men and women will come. And Lord, I thank you because there is, oh yes, Lord God, there is a... Um, a ministry for the young here, Lord God, especially young people. And I decree and declare that, that the doors will open, that he that's happening here today will hear what the Spirit is saying. And I thank you, Lord God, that even younger people, and when I mean young, I mean 20s, 30s, Lord, and even, even teenagers, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that we, you will um, work into this church, into the fabric of this church, a youth group, Lord God, that a Lord God, a youth group that will be strong, strong men and women of this of this uh, area, Lord God, who will know your word. And Lord, I thank you, I pray into that, that these young people will far exceed um, their years because they will be wise in knowledge and understanding of the word of God. And I thank you, Lord God, that these young people will come and they will be like the... Um, the Stoics in, the, in, in Acts, those, those people that sought out the word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that these young people will seek out the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. We declare it. We decree it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We come against the hand of the enemy and we say, dry bones, live in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, that even now, those who are in the sound of my voice, there is a stirring their heart, Lord God. There's a stirring that says, yeah, that is me and Lord, I will do it. I will be the one that walks on water in the name of Jesus. So we declare and decree over this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So let's get to right, you can show that presentation if you want Mary, if you can. You got it up. So uh, Paul had asked me a while ago to speak, but I said, because I did worship last week, then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll leave it till another day. However, I saw the tiredness on you yesterday, and I thought, you know what, I, I have to come and help out. And I didn't have anything prepared, but I got this word last night, and the title of this message is called The Power of the Nudge. What's the nudge? Nudge the person next to you. Tell them to wake up. <laughs> wake up, come on. <laughs> the power of the nudge, okay? Right, so what does nudge mean? Let's go to the next slide. It means a poke or a prod. Pushing something gently and gradually to do something. A light touch or a push sending a reminder. You know when you get a doctor's appointment on your phone and it's always coming saying you've got an appointment, you've got an appointment. And it could even become a bit of a nap, okay? That's the power of the nudge, right? So the power of the nudge is the poking, the pushing. And I feel that at this time, God is poking and prodding his church. He's nudging his church. After coming out of the pandemic, there's been a, a real big nudge. A real, you know, sort of like uh, elbowing, saying, uh, yeah, church, come on, it's time now, it's time. So this is the, so count this as the time that God is prodding us, 
prodding you. And I know all of you individually maybe have been feeling a prodding and a poking, but you're not quite sure what it is because you're thinking, Lord, what's the next step? What, what, when, where? Okay, next slide, please, Mary. So the first nudge, when did that happen? Okay, and I believe it happened in Genesis 1 verse 18 when God nudged himself. He nudged himself because he'd made man, right, on the sixth day, remember that. He made the animals as well, but he made male and female animals, but he did not make a female yet for the man. So on that sixth day, he gave himself a prod and said, hold on a minute, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So even God gave himself a prod, gave himself a nudge and says, mm, something's not quite right here. We need to balance this out. I'm going to make a woman. Okay? That was the first nudge that happened. Then we go into Genesis 11, verse 31. And this nudge was about with Abraham and Terah. Terah was the uh, father of Abraham. And they lived in Ur of the Chaldees. And God gave Terah a nudge and says, get out of your country because I want you to go into Canaan. Okay? So let's just read verse 31. Terah took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Did they get to Canaan? What did Terah do? Settled there. Right? God said, I want you to leave Ur, go to Canaan. But he thought, you know what, I'm going to settle here. And actually, Terah died there. He died in Haran. He never lived to see Canaan. Then in Genesis 12, verse 5, God gave Abraham another prod and says, I told you, you need to get to Canaan. So he took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. So this was about a few, quite a few years later that leaving Ur of the Chaldees to get to the Canaan, but stopping in Haran for so many years, and his father-in-law died there, not seeing the land of promise. So, the next slide. God was nudging Abraham to finish what was started by Terah. Terah settled in Haran with his family, but that was not his, the original destination. In, fair, in fact, Terah died there. Don't settle where it feels comfortable. Something spiritually dies in the zone of comfort. Don't settle where it feels comfortable because something spiritually dies in the zone of comfort. Okay? So that's why God needs to keep on prodding us a bit. It's great that we've reached this place and it feels comfortable, but God is saying, yep, but don't settle in Haran. It's Canaan you went. It's Canaan. So he's always prodding. What's he prodding you with today? Anyway, let's go on. Let's go to the next slide. So God nudges Moses in Exodus 3. I won't, go, won't read that scripture, but let me just give you the scenario. In Exodus 3, right, what had happened, we know Moses, we know the miraculous story of Moses, brought up in Egypt, but then killed in an Egyptian. Someone saw him, so he ran into the wilderness and stayed there 40 years, thinking his destiny was over, thinking that's it. He got married and stuff and stuff and stuff. But then what happened? God appeared to him in a burning bush and said, 
And these were the things God said to him, it's time for you to go back to, to, to Egypt because the Pharaoh has died there. So it's time for you to go back and start saying, letting the people go. Start walking the call that I, was, I, I gave you to do. But here's Moses' excuses. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? First excuse. Who should I say sent me? Second excuse. What if they do not believe me? Third excuse. I've never been eloquent. Can't speak. Can't stand in front of anyone. Fourth excuse. Please send someone else. Fifth excuse. This is our great leader, Moses, you know? The one that we looked up to. The one we reverence. Moses had a, a wobble. Okay? We could say... In our spiritual wilderness, our inadequacies are magnified. When we're going through a spiritual wilderness, our inadequacies are magnified. I can't do this, Lord. I can't do that, Lord. I can't speak. What shall I say? Who shall I say sent me? I've never been able to witness for Jesus in public. I can do it one-to-one, -one, but I can't do it in public. What if they don't believe me? Lord, you know, I don't want to look a fool. Lord, please, there's someone better than me. There's someone that can do it better than me. Send them. There's someone that can sing better than me. There's someone that can play better than me. There's someone that can preach better than me. There's someone that can teach better than me. Send them. God was having none of it. None of it. So in our spiritual wilderness, our inadequacies are magnified. So if any of these words resonate with you today, think about where we are. Think about where you are. Is there a bit of a wilderness that you're going through? Is there something happening that actually you've not taken on the whole armour of God? And when we take on the whole armour of God, we don't do it through our strength. We know that we've got the whole armour of God, so we're doing it through his strength. God had to send the prodding of a burning bush. A bush that wasn't burning, but it looked as if it's burning, to get Moses' attention. So then we go ahead. Let's go into the New Testament. And we're going to look at Peter. We just sang about walking on water. And Jesus nudges Peter. And in Matthew 14, 28 and verse 29, the Lord, it says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus said, come. So Peter saw Jesus walking on water and somehow Peter had this prodding, this nudging that I need to go, I need to come. So if it's you, Lord, tell me to come on the water. And Jesus says, come. It takes courage to walk on water. It takes greater courage to just get out of the boat. Okay? To get out of that boat, to make that first step, it always takes a greater courage. Faith is like that. It takes courage sometimes to get out of that boat. But I feel that God is saying, wade out in the seas and walk on water. He says we must believe for the things we cannot see. Wake up from your sleep, Peter, and walk on water. Come and dive in the ocean of his selfless compassion and be free. Let's go to the next slide. And we go into Acts. And this time God nudges the church. A nudge for the church. And in Acts verse 8, the church is persecuted and scattered. You may think, oh my gosh, what, why would God go to such drastic measures? Obviously he allowed this to happen. It wasn't him persecuting the church, but he allowed this to happen. And it says in Acts 8, on that day a great persecution broke out, 
Which day? The day when Stephen was stoned. Stephen was stoned, okay? Saul, who we know as Paul, saw it and acknowledged it and thought it was a good thing. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen more deeply for him. But Saul, or Paul, began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. The killing of the disciple Stephen was more of a massive jolt than a nudge. And the church was persecuted from that day. But what was meant for evil, God turned it around for good. Because we all know the story of Paul and what happened to Paul and his Damascus Road experience. And from that time, he was sold out to God because of that. So even though it was meant for evil, God turned it around for good, the persecution. And also, it also meant a spreading of the gospel. Because what would have happened to the church, they would have become comfortable in Jerusalem. They would have just become comfortable. They wouldn't have thought, oh yes, this message has to go to the Gentiles. Or this message has to go to Europe. Or this message has to go to Asia Minor. Or... England or America, etc., they probably would have just contained it in, in, in Jerusalem. But there was a persecution that broke down. What was meant for evil, God turned it around for good. So, I can't, let me just get to the next slide, please, Mary. Yeah, thank you. You know, when your phone goes. So, this is Revelation, isn't it? Let me just get that up again. Amen. Great, yes. So, we read about a nudge for the churches. This is Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. And I won't go there too much, but basically, Revelation is talking about the seven churches, okay? So it's interesting that um, the scripture was talking about separate churches, but it's also talking to us today. So we know those churches existed back then, but it's also talking to us today. So this is what happened in Ephesus. Ephesus, one thing that God was pleased about was... I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. So God was commending them. But the nudge that God gave them. But you have forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you did first. That was a nudge. The second thing was the church of Smyrna. I know you, your afflictions and poverty and yet you are rich. But the nudge that... Jesus had to give. But do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. You, you will not be hurt by the second death. So there was going to be a persecution that was going to happen in Smyrna. Then the church of Pergamum. God was saying, commending them and saying, I know where you live, where Satan has a throne. Yet you remain true. But God, God had to give them a nudge. And says, oh, I have a few things against you, unfortunately. There's a few things that you're just not doing. Repent and I will give you hidden manna. Then the next one, next slide. Then the church in Thyatira. Jesus says, I know your deeds and your love and your faith. If you overcome, the nudge was, if you overcome the spirit of Jezebel, I will give you authority over nations. Then Sardis got a nudge. Sardis was, I know your deeds and your reputation for life. But the nudge was, strengthen what remains and is ready to die. 
Philadelphia, the church of Philadelphia, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. But the nudge was, hold on to what you have. No, let no one take your crown. And finally, to the church of Laodosa, I know your deeds, that you are not hot or cold. If you don't get hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out because I stand at the door and knock. So to all those churches, God is giving, gave a nudge, a prod, <coughs> a said, you're doing great, but, you're doing well, but, I thank you for what you've done, but. Now why does God give that but? He gives that but again because he knows what we need for a new season is not necessarily will help us. What we had in the last season might not help us for the new season. So he's always given a but. He's always given a prop. So let's just go to that last slide, please. So what is God nudging you to do at this time, people of God? What's he nudging me to do at this time? Okay, what's he nudging us to do? What's going on in our hearts at the moment? What's been going on in our hearts? What has God been saying to us uh, collectively as, in, as well as individually? What's the prodding? What's the nudging that's happening at this time? You know, last night um, I was watching uh, the God Channel, which I don't always watch actually, but I was watching, it was a, a church... Um, a church in Africa, I think it's Abuja. But I was just sat there, just watching it, and I was thinking, Lord, you know what? What's happened to, what's happened to us that we don't... I was watching the miracles that was going on there, and I was thinking, have we become, Lord, in the West, have we become complacent that we don't really expect the miraculous anymore? expect these things. What's happened to us? Have we really become complacent? Have we become a bit too big for our boots now, thinking, you know, well, you know, it happens over there, but, you know, God doesn't use us that way. What's happened, Lord? Where is the power? What, how can we get that power back? How can we get the enthusiasm back to see that power? Because if that enthusiasm isn't there, then perhaps we don't want to see it. How can we get it back? And I was just thinking that in my, in my spirit. And I felt today, and even as um, Jay was talking about intercession, I feel that this is a good time to just start stirring ourselves and asking ourselves, what is God nudging us to do at this time? What is he nudging us individually and collectively to do at this time? So let's stand Amen. 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 So I want us just to just to ask God first and all, first and foremost. Just to say, Lord, yeah. What is it that you are nudging me on a personal basis as well as a collective basis to do at this time? Father, yeah. What are you nudging us to do? What do you want from me, Lord? What's the next level? What's, what's this season telling me? We read in Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. What is the Spirit saying to us at this time? Okay, just ask God that. Thank you. And then the second thing I want us to do is I felt strongly today that we need to declare some things, especially over sickness. And I just want to say, just because we don't always see healing, it doesn't mean you haven't got faith. Because sometimes, you know, we condemn people because, oh, they're not healed or this doesn't happen. And we think, oh, it's because of their faith. No, no. There's so many factors that goes towards people may not 
get healed. It doesn't mean that God can't heal, but there's a lot of factors of why. Okay. But today, I really sense that God wants us to bring whatever the need is, whatever the need is, whether it is an ailment, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a need of whatever. And I feel God wants us to just bring it to him at this time, at this season. Because I feel that God really wants to show himself powerful in our lives. It's like we've got to just shake ourselves and just say, you know what, Lord, forgive me. If, if in my mind there has been doubt, forgive me if in my mind I have become a complacent Christian and not expecting anymore. Sometimes our expectations we don't get because we've been praying for so long. Our expectations are not high anymore. So let's just ask God to forgive us of that. If that's been the case with you. I know it's been my case. Sometimes you pray and pray and it doesn't happen. You think, you know what? Hey, it's just not God's will. But let's just forgive. Let's just ask God forgiveness if we've got to that area. And now, anything that we have, maybe an ailment, maybe anything, I just, uh, let me sense what you want to do now, Lord. So yeah, if there's, a, if there's a sickness, if there's something that anyone has that needs prayer, just, just raise your hand. So the first thing I'm going to call upon is any, anything in your body, in your own body, that you feel you need prayer for. Just, just raise your hand. You don't need to come out. Just, just a raise of hand. If it doesn't, if it's not, yeah, okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to start there, and we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray, and we're just going to declare and decree. And, we, and as Jay said, we can have this time. And let's all just intercede, okay? Let's all do it. Let's all rise in faith. Walk on water today. Walk on water. Get out the boat. Walk on water. And let's pray for our sister right now in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you for my sister in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you, Lord God, that you know from the, the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. And I thank you right now that you're working a miracle in her life, Lord God. And I thank you every area of her life you're touching, Father, in Jesus' name. But I speak definitely to that area where there's a spirit of infirmity. And we command that spirit of infirmity to go in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord God, I even speak to that um, uh, the stomach area, Lord God, where there's been a gurgling and, and so, so, certain things going on, Lord God. We break Whatever that ailment is, Lord God, and that infirmity, we command you to go in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will replace anything, that any nutrients that's been missing out of her body, Lord God. You will replace it right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that your daughter is fearfully and wonderful in vain. And I thank you, Lord God, that you've given her a, a testimony in her mouth, Lord God, that she will come back and talk about the praise of God. And I thank you, Lord God, that her faith is rising now, Lord. Her faith is rising. I thank you, Lord God, even as you are healing her body, that the gifts of healing is coming upon her, Lord God. Lord God, endow, endow the gift of healing in her, Lord God, that she too will lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. Lord God, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. We speak healing to that area, Lord God. Every area in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord God, that be now removed from this body in the name of Jesus. We bless you and we thank you. Amen. 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 And I do say that the Lord is, is going to use you. I saw a, a, a healing gift coming upon you. And I, uh, I, I also believe as well that your, your words, uh, you've got, um, it's like your voice brings healing. It's like even when you're with your workmates or in, in certain situations, 
God's given you that ability uh, of a voice of a counsellor, but it's like it brings healing. So I, I'm going to uh, just um, reiterate, use that voice to bring healing. Use that, the words to, that God gives you to bring healing. Don't despise the gifting you've had. You've, you've thought, mm, it's nothing, it, you know, it's just, it's just me. But I said that God is saying, no, it's my spirit that comes upon your words. And as it goes out into the atmosphere, I bring healing to that individual. I bring healing to that uh, situation. And even in the workplace, I, I sense that there's, there's going to be a healing in the workplace where there's been um, uh, dissension and where there's been fr fraction. I believe that your words speak into the work area and the Lord will bring healing there in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the second thing that we want to talk about is finances. You know, I, I was amazed at Jay, how, how good he is at numbers. <laughs> 870 times money is mentioned. So let's, um, is there anyone with a financial need that needs a financial need? Let's just, just, Raise your hands if there is. I don't know about you, I always have about two. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. And we're just going to believe, you know, we're going to believe our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. I remember the Lord saying to me once, Audrey, stop asking me for the basics because I do that anyway. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the airs of the, the birds of the air. Don't I provide for them? So ask me for bigger. So I'm going to say to you, whatever you've been asking God for, I want you to ask him for a hundred times more. <laughs> ask him for a hundred times more. Okay? Whatever that is, ask him for bigger. Ask him for bigger. I dare you. I dare you to get out that boat today. I dare you to get out that boat today. I dare you. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. You who are the provider. You who are the maker and heaven of earth. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that the cattle of a thousand hills are yours. We thank you that you are the God who uh, sees every need. But, Lord, I thank you that you're calling your people to think bigger. Hallelujah. To think bigger. No longer pennies. No longer just enough. My God can do it. So I thank you Lord God that the territory that you have placed them in will expand Lord God. We thank you Lord that everyone that's believing you for a financial breakthrough that you will grant them, Lord God. There is nothing, not only will you give them on a daily, daily basis, Lord, but also the bigger things that they are believing you for, we thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Caroline, I believe God is saying to you as well that, you know, you've got so many skills that God has placed in you. You've got so much, girl. You've got so much. Don't stay in the wilderness of inadequacy. I hear him saying, don't stay in the wilderness of inadequacy like Moses stayed for a while. I say, stir yourself up. Use those skills to bring him glory. And where, um, where there's been arrows that's gone in your back because of things that people have said, about you. I can see the Lord taking those arrows out now. I can see every one of those arrows, all that backstabbing, all that infighting, he's taking those arrows out now and he's healing you, he's healing that back and he's healing your heart as well in the name of Jesus. That heart is being healed in Jesus' name because your heart is big enough for everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Your heart is big enough for everyone. And where there's been a closing down of your heart because of what people have said and what people have done, God is saying, my daughter, my child, I am healing that. I'm taking that pain and that woundedness and I'm turning it out for your good and for your betterment. So I'm saying to you now, the Lord is saying, expand, expand, expand. Don't stay in that wilderness. He's got more for you than you think. 
in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. And who's online? I don't know who's online, but I'm going to pray for someone online. Hallelujah. Let's see. I know you might not see me, but I'll say, uh, Randolph, I'm going to pray. I thank you, Lord, for our dear brother Randolph. In Jesus' name. Thank you for this mighty man of God, Lord. We thank you for this mighty man of God and we speak into that situation and we thank you Lord God that you are the God who heals. You are the God who heals. We will not give you any rest Lord God. We will not give you any rest Lord God until we see the salvation for Randolph Lord. So we thank you for him. We thank you Lord God even now you're making him his spirit bigger, 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 expanding his spirit, Lord God, expanding his knowledge, expanding his spirit, no matter what the enemy tries to do or say, we thank you, Lord God, that you are expanding him, he's become a giant killer in the name of Jesus, a giant killer, and Lord God, we thank you that he's killing giants in the spiritual realm, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for him, we thank you for his healing, Lord God, we thank you for his resurrection, Lord, we speak resurrection life into him right now in the name of Jesus we bless him Lord we bless him he is the apple of your eye you will not forsake him you never forsake him Lord in the name of Jesus we come against oppression and depression that sometimes may come upon it in Jesus' name and we thank you for his life in Jesus' name we pray amen 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 in Jesus' name. I'll finish in a minute. I know time's going, but I wanted to pray for uh, Florence and Paul. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you for this couple in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing for them, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. And what I see, I know this is strange, but I, what I see is bricks. And you know when a child is building, you know, do you remember those bricks that had A, B, C on and they used to build? And, and I see that, I see a building happening, a rebuilding happening, where the enemy has tried to take the wind from out of you, take the feet, to cut your feet off. I see God rebuilding. I see God rebuilding. And what I actually see is not feet, um, but what I see is, um, what's, what's trees got? What's roots? That's what I see. <laughs> I see roots. That's what I see. So it's like you, God is rooting you and grounding you in him. You, we already know that you're rooted and grounded in him, but even more. I have an oak tree in my garden. I've been thinking of getting rid of it, but people say, no, no, it's an oak tree. It's been there for a hundred years. You can't get rid of an oak tree. Sometimes with the oak tree, especially this time, there's a lot of leaves to clean up. There's a lot of leaves and a lot of acorns. And I just say, Lord. And sometimes that's how you feel. It's like you feel, Lord, how much, you know, this is too much. Beating up all these leaves, this is too much, this is too much. And sometimes... And sometimes you think, time to cut that old oak tree. Lord, they say, no. You're giants. You're giants. To me, you're giants. To me, your giants. To me, your giants. I have been building you brick by brick, step by step. I, and I'm putting the mortar in those bricks as well so that it's sturdy. And I sense that God is saying, build those that are coming after you. Build them. Leave that legacy. Build them. Because they're going to be stronger than you. And this is the interesting thing. And you guys won't be jealous of it. Some ministries are jealous 
but you guys won't be jealous. You'll be saying, nah, nah, nah. This is what the Lord told me to do. Build. So build those that are coming after you. And I do see that there's going to be a strong youth movement. A strong youth movement, even in this church, where the young people will be on fire. I do see that, and I thank you, Lord. And we we speak that into existence, Lord God. We bless you, Lord. We bless you for that. Bless you for this marvelous couple, Lord God. Thank you. And when their hands, Lord get, God, gets weary, Lord, bring men and women, bring the saints around them to hold them up. And I feel the Lord is saying, well done, that good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. You've been, um, you've been an umbrella for the elderly. You've been a, an umbrella for the, for the young. You've been an umbrella for everything. And it's like your umbrella everyone can fit under. You turn no one away. So thank you, Father. Thank you. And I feel the Lord saying, no, don't worry about the finances. I feel him saying the house is coming as well. In the name of Jesus, this is time where you've lived miraculously over the last few years. Stop, look and see what I'm going to do for you for the next few years in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I'll finish. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We just got one prayer for Jennifer. Yeah? Your cousin? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought we prayed for this later before. I'll pray again. Okay, no problem. No, 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 no. Not yeah, yeah, why not? Yes. So Lord, we thank you again. What's your what's the, the names? Liz, who's the mum, and Latoya, So Lord God, we thank you for Liz and Latoya. They are fearfully and beautifully made, Lord God. We thank you that you knew them before they were born. And even in this situation, Lord God, where we've heard that they are critically ill. But whose report do we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. And Lord God, even though, you know, what we see with our eye, we don't have to look at that. We speak to the spirit of Liz and Latoya right now. And we say, spirit body, soul, align in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the healing of the spirit. We thank you for the healing of the soul. And we thank you for the healing of the body in Jesus' name. And Lord God, you are the God that heals them. And if they do or don't know, if they don't know you yet, Lord God, we thank you for the gift of salvation that shall come to you. And if they know you, Lord God, we thank you that they are brothers and sisters with us. So we thank you, Lord, that whatever the reason, whatever's going to happen, we know that you are in control and we speak healing to them both in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you, saints. It's been a pleasure. Amen.